Welcome to our PME. This is Saratoga Best. We're in Parsha Shifting. We are going to talk about prophecy. Prophecy, when's the last time you spoke for a prophet? But really, prophecy becomes extremely applicable, as it says, and your sons and daughters will all prophesy. Because way back when, was it a couple of thousand years ago, there were 12,000 prophets at any time. Many, many, much of the population had the power of prophecy. And um, prophecy, didn't, as we're going to see in the Sikha, and, and, and the question is, what is prophecy? Clearly, we could, if we want to say it in user-friendly terms, it's a very direct conversation with Hashem. Now, that's a nice thing to have, I think, unless people are giving you a hard time about what you're saying. But who doesn't want to be in a very direct conversation with Hashem? Then you finally feel complete as opposed to 99.9% of the world who is always overeating or overdrinking or overindulging or over something because we don't feel whole and we don't feel complete. So we fill up the void with other stuff. I, I think I'm going to start this with this story that I've told many, many times about the orthodontist that used to go to Oliver Shalom. He was a very special man. And as I was sitting, not getting braces, watching somebody else getting braces, he was chatting with me. And he said that he had, and may his memory really be blessed, uh, forget his name, <laughs> um, um, he was a young fellow, he said he went to a class and they spoke about how the tzaddik is the loneliest man in the generation because he has no peers. He has no equals. And um, in my not very subtle style, I said, but doctor, consider this. Actually, I would say that he's the only person in, the tzaddik is not the loneliest person in the generation because he has no equals. The tzaddik is actually the only person in the generation who's not lonely because he has that very direct relationship with Hashem, which fills him, and we're all feeling, running on empty because we don't. So he's the only one who's not lonely. The rest of us are all lonely. Only we fill it up with all kinds of nonsense. The rest of us are all, the whole world is lonely except for the Tzaddik. He has the, the relationship of his dreams. What is loneliness? We don't have the relationship of our dreams. Or we may have relationships and we don't value them. Or, or anything like that. But the real relationship is that relationship of our dreams with Hashem, which is the only one, really, that can fill us without us going on empty. And the topic is the only one who has it. So, Prophet and Navi is having this direct communication with Hashem. Well, that sounds like that's on the way to getting there. Less loneliness, right? So... And in once upon a time, a couple of thousand years ago, many, many, many people had prophecy. There were schools for prophets. It was a very regu- <clears throat> average, regular kind of a thing. And then there came a time, I think, I guess after the destruction of the Basin English, that prophecy went up to a higher level. So it, it left most people devoid of the power of prophecy. The next generation no longer had prophecy. Prophecy didn't leave. Nevoah didn't leave, but um, 
it was now relegated to the realm of very, very, very unique holy individuals. And then in Yemaisa Mashiach, or before Yemaisa Mashiach, it comes back. As it says, Vinibu B'neichem B'neichem, your sons and daughters will prophesy. And we get it again. And this whole, here we're seeing that, that we're in the process, what we're going to see today is we're in the process of that coming back. And, um, well, then why are we still feeling lonely? <laughs> we haven't, we haven't tuned into it and received it fully and realized what we have. When we, if we can enhance that relationship with Hashem, you know, it's like those, those, you know, those commercials, you know, um, oh, once upon a time it used to be lonely and now I'm not because I tried rinky dinky doodle, right? I tried, you know, by a relationship with Hashem and your life will change. So, um, let's look into what it has to do with everything we've been discussing the past few days. Past few days we talked about being a vessel for the revelations of Mashiach, the light of Mashiach, the high, very lofty revelation, very high light, is coming down into this world. And you need to catch it. While it's raining down, take a bucket, it's raining. Gishmei Bracha, water is a blessing, put out a huge plastic tub, it's rainwater. Let's say, what's a mikvah? A mikvah has a certain amount of rainwater. So it has a plastic tub or a, a, a some kind of, not plastic, it has a vessel somewhere to catch the rainwater. And that becomes part of the mikvah, however it's constructed. So we need to put out that vessel or the light that's, being, that's coming down to us now and catch it for a whole lot of reasons. Because otherwise it makes a big mess. If the water comes down to the wrong place, it makes a big mess. If the revelations come down and they're not being caught, they're coming down for a reason. Hashem is very sensitive to exactly what we need at any given moment. He sends us down the revelations when, when, it's, when it's time. And we filter them then from us down into the world and transform the world. So this is, it's not such an optional thing that Hashem says, you want, fine, take. If you don't want, it's good enough. He doesn't, Hashem doesn't send down very intense spiritual light for nothing just because he's bored. He sends it down because it's, it's packed, he wants us to package it and transform the world with it to a world of Geula. So, small matter. So for that, you need to be a vessel. And we've been saying that the change is that the rule is, Hashem is saying, new rule, I am sending down intense spiritual light. Now, remember we've been saying the past couple of days, who enforces the rule? Is it the shaiter, the guy with the big stick, who says you better do it or else, and threatens you and humiliates you and shames you and, 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 and punishes you and all that old junk? Is it him? Or, is he, or as we've been discussing, he is replaced by the yayat, the advisor, who works with your deep inner will to bring you to the point where you... You step from one from one step to another to another, and you become transformed in a very seamless way, in a very soft, beautiful way, in a very flowing way, in a very nurturing way, rather than a very punitive way. So, what we've been saying for the past few days is 
the Tyra tells us we switch from the punitive way of people, of, of motivating people, to the soft, empowering way of motivating people. And that is expressed. An example of that also is in prophecy, in this world. Because, um, uh, here, here we'll, we'll show how it's brought out. What's the difference between words of Tyra and words of Nevoah? We're in the Sikh of Shaistim, Tafshim, and Aleph, and we're in text. We're in um, uh, paragraph 9. What's the difference between words of Tyra and words of Nevoah? Because both of them are spoken about in Parsha Shaistim. Tyra is above the world. Tyra is the Chachma and the will of Hashem. Hashem's Chachma and will are, and on a level, Tyra is Hashem's Chachma, wisdom, and his will, on a level that's higher than it can fit into the world. Too big for the world. You know, go fit an elephant through the eye of a needle. Too big. You know, um, imagine, you know, sometimes people buy a, a whole side of beef, a whole cow. Right? They buy a whole cow. You can't just stuff the whole cow into your refrigerator. You know, it has to be you know, it's a bad example for vegetarians, but, but let's say you go you go to farmer's market and you come home with six giant boxes of vegetables. And you have a very small size refrigerator. You cannot just take <clears throat> and you don't have time to put them away. So somebody says, take all the boxes and just put all the boxes straight in the refrigerator. Not going to fit. I mean, not going to fit. Just take it all apart and repackage it and still not going to fit. But certainly in the boxes, six boxes, will not fit in your refrigerator. And you don't have a walk-in refrigerator. You just have a regular size. So Tyra is Hashem's wisdom and his will. It doesn't fit into the world. It's too big. It's too lofty. Just like we can't really grasp his thought, no thought can know into we can't grasp it. So what does Hashem do? He um, works with his wisdom and uh, with Tyra, and he um, puts it through a process that makes it fit into the world. It's called Yard of Enough. It comes down and travels down into the world. It's called, it comes down into his slapshus, hitlabshut, enclosement, enclosed, the Havanabasagalamata. Hashem transforms it, puts it through a transformer, puts it through the translation process, his wisdom and his will, and it comes down into understanding, grasping and understanding down here. Fits into the world. He does something <clears throat> to modify it. It remains in in its full power, but he does something to his wisdom and his will, to Tyra, so that it can fit in the world. He does it so effectively, effectively that Nikos al meaning when you learn something in Torah, it, it, it's called on your name. That's how well it fit into the world. But in its essence, the essence of Tyra is really something that's above your understanding. But Hashem makes it available to your understanding. And so the way Torah has an effect in the world is from above. A decree. Tzivui and Gezerah. Tzivui. Saktin. A Saktin, a decree. This is it. Do it. It's something that 
That's the way Torah comes down. When it's above the world, it's higher than the world, sucked in. Right? This is it. doesn't really fit into the world. Just do it. You don't have, but how will I do it? I don't know. Just do it. That's the idea of sucked in. That's Torah when it's above the world. Which it can is modified by Hashem to come into the world, but essentially, essentially, by definition, Tyra is above the world, bigger than the world. Good. Now, what's Nebuah? What's prophecy? The opposite. It is the Dvar Havaya, the word of Hashem. And what is it? So we said, Tyra is the wisdom and will of Hashem that's bigger and higher than the world. Yeah. Prophecy, Nebuah, is a revelation of Elokos to Nebuah. is a revelation of Hashem to, to us, to the creation. Nevuah, prophecy, is Hashem revealing himself to us. The process of Hashem revealing himself to us. Called, Gila Saida El Abadafanazim. He reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets, the Nevim. On their level. If there are the conditions to be a prophet and have prophecy, there are a number of conditions. There to be a Chacham, a Gibor, all kinds of things. And when the Navi receives this transmission, it goes into his brain. It's received the daita, the sikhla of the Navi. It's received in the intellect and the understanding of the Navi. And it becomes one with him. It's no longer something that he's trying to, he's struggling with. It becomes him. Um, it's called Nisla Beshas Besichlam Vasagasam Demara Hanavua Begam Bemachasam Bedigurum Kumashakasav Rucha Vayadiba Rumalta Alushani. Meaning, it's enclosed in the intellect and the understanding. It looks like a, a, a prophecy. It comes into the thought, comes into speech. The prophet has a vision, comes down to him as a vision. It's a conversation with Hashem. And it comes into his brain, it comes into his thoughts and his speech, and he speaks it. Ruach Hashem Diverbi, the Ruach of Hashem speaks through his mouth. And Nevoah, and Nevoah, prophecy, um, has to come out in speech, by definition. The definition of prophecy is it has to be spoken. By definition, prophecy, Nebuah, means you say it, you speak it. Not like Torah. Torah is something you can think. There's no obligation. I mean, it's good to speak words of Torah, but if you learn a concept, you can be thinking, you can be walking down the street and thinking words of Torah all day. And that's fine. It's, it remains Torah. It didn't lose its definition of Torah. You, it is Torah. Nevoah, prophecy. If it's spoken, that it gets the qualification. It gets the name of, this was prophecy. In other words, prophecy needs to be spoken. Period. It means, by, if you call it Nevoah, you mean some, the Navi spoke it. It was spoken. And um the Taichin, the content of the Nevoah, has a connection to the world. In other words, Nevoah is about 
what we call balabatisha things. Go here, do that, go there. The Navi is there to tell us future events that will be in the world. You read all the Haftarahs, they say, and it will come a time when this will happen and that will happen and the trees will bury this fruit and they will sit here and they will do this and they will feel this and they will think that. It's about stuff in life that you will do. That's what a Navi is told to tell you. A Navi is told to tell you stuff that will happen to you, to the world, in the future. So, do you see the difference? Tyra is the wisdom of Hashem. Prophecy is a conversation, a direct communication from Hashem to the Navi, telling the Navi things to tell the world about where the world is going. Who's going to win the election? Right? The Navi knows. He's just not telling us. Or maybe he doesn't know. I mean, we're not in the beam. Yes, we will be. But who's going to win the election? We know what we hope. So, but that's the kind of thing that the Navi will come along and, you know, say these very subtle things when he is given permission. So, Tyra and Navur is like the difference between Shaykh and Yerotayat. Here's where we come back to it. We said, a shaifet is the one who gives you the rule. You're shaifet. He gives you the rule. Yotzayach is the one who gives you advice, enables you to keep that rule, motivates you from within to keep that rule. So the difference between shaifet and Yotzayach is like the difference between Tyra and Nevoah. Because what is a shaifet? He poskins the dinim of Tyra. And it says, it's a command. Just do it. It comes from above. A shaifet is a rule in Tyra. It comes from above. And it's a command. A yayat gives a good advice, and he encloses it in regular stuff that you can relate to when you're listening to this advice. If you're a fashion designer, your yayat will talk to you, give you hashka through fashion. If you're a, an engineer, your yayat will give you advice through talking about engineering. It's going to be on your terms. And yet you're going to be given very high light on your terms. So this is the same thing we're going to see in a sense about Nevoah. Um, Like Nevoah, which is connected with Kleis Yaatis, with, um, I guess, kidneys, the advising kidneys in Gemara Brachas. That's the level level of Nesach and Haid. That's what it has to do with getting the thing done and standing in your determination. So the Navi, he's not a shaifet. A shaifet is somebody that says, this is the rule, do it. The Navi does not say this is, he's different. He doesn't just give you, the, the Navi gives you good advice how to act in life. About the future. He gives you good advice about the future. Invest in real estate in Pomona, New York. <laughs> right? It's a, right? It doesn't necessarily tell you why. You see, so invest in real estate in uh, Ringwood, New Jersey. Right? Or 
don't buy an don't buy an Android, buy an iPhone, or vice versa. Don't buy an iPhone, buy an Android. Buy the number the, the iPhone seven. Don't buy the iPhone eight. It's no good. He tells you he knows what's going to be in the future, and he's telling you things about your everyday life. Which phone to use? Which phone not to use? Which phone carrier is better? That's what he's talking to you about. These are not silly things. These are real things in real people's lives. And so he'll say, go to this place, go to that place, do go here, don't go there, do a war, don't do a war. On our Balabash terms, when none of us are army generals, what does that mean, Make, do a war, don't do a war? The Navi might say, don't get involved in this conflict. This group, they have this complaint against the people that you study with. Don't get involved in the conflict get involved in other things, or do get involved in the conflict. Right? That's it. Go to war or don't go to war. The Navi will tell you, get involved in the conflict or don't get involved in the conflict on our level. And so, just like there's um, a command to listen to the Shaiftayach, the Shaiftayach of every generation, the, um, the rule maker of the rule, yeah, the one, the rule maker of every generation, as it says in the parsha, "Uvata el ashayfet ashayiyah b'yamim hein," and come go to come to the shayfet that will be in your days. He has the same thing about Naveen, and listen to him. The same thing about Naveen, prophet. As it says later in the parsha, "Navi mikirbacha meachicha kamayni yakim lacha Hashem alakecha elav tishman." A prophet among you, among your brothers, kamayni like me. Who's me? Mashrabin. Who's saying this? Parsha. Meisher Benu. Chumash. Meisher Benu. Thing. I think, I mean, I, 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 I can be corrected. It's not to be corrected, but it seems to me, a, a Navi among you from your brothers like me, Hashem will, 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 Hashem will stand up. Hashem will provide in every generation a Navi like me among your brothers. Um, from within you, a Lavjishman, listen to him. And the Rambam says in Sefer Amada, that the Rambam says, it's one of the fundamentals of Yiddish Judaism to know that Hashem gives Nevoah to us. And the mitzvah to listen to the Navi is a very strong mitzvah, and all the details of all the din and all the halachas of how and why you have to listen to the prophet of your generation. So since the Rambam brings this in Sefer Hilchot Halachas, and a lot of explanation, and with a, um, and the Rambam says, remember, it's one of the Yisaydi Hadas, one of the fundamentals of, of of Judaism. And then he says that you have to do this. So it's understood that this is a lacha, this nogeya, that is applicable to us in every generation. Even though Chazal say in Gemara Yaima and in Tosefta, it says, and in Sanhedrin, it says that, um, that, Mishemetu, Mishemetu, Nevima, Chreinim, Chagav, Zacharim, Malachi, Yisalta, Rocha, Kachimitro. From the time after the passing of the later, the latter prophets, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachim, 
Nistalka Rucha Kodesh Misra. Rucha Kodesh left the Jewish people. But, the Rebbe says, we once spoke, this is in the Kodesh we once spoke about the Pshat, that it's not that Nevoah left. It wasn't just, it didn't end. It was bottle. It wasn't bottle. It didn't end. Prophecy never ended. It was, it wasn't Pascha. It didn't end, but rather it went up. Because we find that there were many examples of Ruach HaKadosh among very holy people over the generations, the generations since the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And, um, and we understand in the Sefer of Halachas, among all of the conditions about prophecy in the Vua, the Rambam does not bring any, prophes- bring any conditions about when. When he just said, since then, from that moment on, prophecy went up to a higher level. It wasn't so easily available for the average person, so it moved up to a higher level. You had to be on a much higher level to be able to have it, or maybe people were on a much higher level before that. So it went up to a more elevated place. It never left. It never ended. And the Rambam writes in Agaris Taman that in a certain year, that he, he brings out that year, he says that year, Pachter and Avuah Yisrael. He speaks about the, what, what, how will you recognize that time? The Rambam says, Pachter and Avuah Yisrael. Nevuah will come back to the Yidden. Vain Safek, Shachazaret and Nevuah, he has done with Mashiach. As the Rebbe is saying in the Sikha, there's no doubt that the return of Nevoah is a preparation for Mashiach, as it says in Yael, in, in, in Tanakh, in Yael, Gimel Aleph, it says, the Nebu Bneichem Ubneisechem, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Now, by the way, I'm just going to say that, I'm not going to say that every energy healer is a prophet, but you definitely see that lots and lots and lots of people have developed over the past 20, 30 years the ability to read people's energy, see things into, see things, some, some people are on target, some people, some, some of it is coming from holiness, some of it is coming from the opposite of holiness. But the fact that if you compare it to the 1950s and the 1960s in, and the 70s, say in the 1970s, did I ever meet anybody that um, knew that they could read people's energy and heal people's energy? I mean, no. I don't think so. So certainly in the 1950s, I mean, I wasn't so. <laughs> but in the 1950s, you didn't have people walking around. Every next-door neighbor could read your energy. It wasn't here yet. It had not been brought down yet. And this ability to read people's energy and even pull out negative things from people's energy and heal it, etc. Again, some of it is kosher, some of it is not. That wasn't readily available. It was more really since Tavshin Menchet, since Tavshin Menchet, since Tavshin Menchet, and since the Rebbe said the Nevoah, which we're going to see in a few minutes, since 1991. Since this Sikha, where the whole focus is on Nevoah, Nevoah started to come back. You feel it. <clears throat> you see every day there's another energy healer that really, they are, you know, they say, oh, you, this, this, and then you're thinking, 
wow, how do they know that about me? That's really, how do they? So there's a power that's coming back. And again, some of it is holy and some of it is not. Some of it is kosher, some of it is not. But you see that there's a power coming back to humanity in general that people have a, a deeper understanding of things than they used to. And people will feel, and they'll muscle test, and they'll feel it physically, and they'll know if somebody shifted their emotion because their right arm feels feels itchy and, you know, et cetera. I mean, I know that. I know. There are healers who they say, oh, I know that my client had a shift when I feel this in my right arm. And they're always right. Now, again, is that holy or not? I don't know. But I never heard about this stuff 40 years ago. I didn't hear anybody you know, doing that. So there's a there's a descent of this power, of the ability from tzaddikim to regular people to be able to feel things and experience things. Again, we take it with a grain of salt. It's just probably a hint at the idea that Nuvua is or will be coming back to us. But Again, we cannot call ourselves prophets or Nazim. So, what's it all about? How do you explain it all? So it says, Bring back your Yo'atim like before, as before. Why would the, why would the Tyrus say that? Bring back your Yo'atim as they were before. I guess they were here before. Bring back your advisors. Right? Past 30 years. Everybody and his brother became a life coach. A life coach is not there to tell you what to do. Do this or else you'll be sorry. Well, then I'm firing you. How much did you charge me? I'd like a refund. That's not called a life coach. If you're telling me do this, do that, you're not a life coach. A life coach is there, if she's doing the job right, to gently, very seamlessly move me from step to step to step in my life, from point to point to point in my life. So what does that mean, bring back these advisors? Because in order that we should be, we be able to take in the revelations of Yemais Mashiach, it has to start now. Think about it. Makes sense. Let's unpack that for a second. We're used to the concept that Mashiach will come on a donkey and will wake up one morning and it'll be like, oh, it snowed overnight. You know, the whole world will be white. Like a snow, you know, white snowflake. And there will be this donkey riding into town and this very holy man on the donkey in the white snowflakes and suddenly we'll feel happy and holy and pure and clean and we'll look at the person, we'll look at the neighbor next door who who always annoyed us because he always would um, park his car, (laughs) you know, parked his car late at night in our joint driveway <laughs> and I couldn't get out of we couldn't nobody could get out of our driveway in the morning to go Dalvin. And it was always a conflict, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden we wake up and Mashiach is here and we're just happy as anything. We say, Oh, thank you, Hashem, for my wonderful neighbor who and we just feel happy and we see all the potential and we see that Hashem doesn't want us to take the car out of the driveway and et cetera, et cetera, and all those other things, or we figure out how to um, elevate our car over his car and fly it over his car, whatever it is. I don't know. 
We always thought it was going to be like that. Mashiach comes one day, and all of a sudden, no negative thoughts, no this, no that. It happens in one one second. Until then, we were the same ridiculous, struggling people, struggling with the same issues. I went to sleep eating two cheese danishes, and I drank coffee, and I couldn't sleep the whole night. Like regular, not me, but, you know, as 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 regular. And I was angry at myself, and I had insomnia. Next morning, same old nonsense. Next morning, I wake up, and overnight, and she came with white snowflakes, and boom, everything in my life is different. As the Rebbe, these are not the Rebbe's words, but I'm going to paraphrase them. Fat chance, buddy. Fat chance, buddy. Ain't happening like that. It's going to be a gradual process. Not going to go to sleep with two cheese danishes and a cup of and four cups of coffee in your stomach, and not sleep the whole night, and wake up and all of a sudden everything's different. Ain't happening. It's going to be a gradual process. So the gradual process will involve that as a beginning of being able to take in this light of Mashiach, we start with Yotzayach, the advisors like prophecy, which is a hamshacha, a flow, etza, which is received by the person. We start to have a system in which we're advising each other and coaching each other like nevuah, like prophecy, in a way that fits us and enables us to take in, in a pneumistic way, in an inward way, the revelation of godliness in Yemaisa Messiah both the rules that will be Shaitaich and it will and the advisors. And therefore, it's a halakha for all generations, even in Gaulas, that we need to know that one of the fundamental pieces in the puzzle, a chunk of the whole system, is to know the fundamental fundamental basic fact of Judaism. Then Hashem gives us, gives people nevuah. And there always is, in all generations, the revelation of nevuah down here. All the way to a level of nevuah that's a taste of the nevuah of Maish As Maish says, or it says, I will... Arise, I will stand up a Navi from among your brothers, a Chihem, from among their brothers. Oh, Hashem says, sorry. This is now, the other one is in. Hashem says to Meshavim, I will give them a Navi from among their brothers, like you, Meshavim. Hashem says, you know, Meshavim, like I made, I made you into a prophet, I gave you the power of prophecy. I will continue in the generations to do that. They'll be prophets like you. It will be a continuation of what the gift that I have given to you, my Shurvanus as Hashem, I will continue to give throughout the generation in different forms, and they will be like you in a continuation of your Nevoah. Ultimately, until Mashiach, who is a Navi Gadol Karav Lamesha, a great Navi close to my Shurvanus. This is the completion of the, the of the Indian of Nebuah prophecy, as the Ramam explains. 
And therefore, we understand the reason why the Rambam put so much, spent so much time about the, about describing Maishrabinu and how his prophecy looked. Here's a question. The Rambam is writing a safer of Hilchot Halachas. Halachas safer. What to do. The rules of what to do. You know, put on fill in this way. Eat, you know, kosher means this, this, this. Check your clothes for Shabbos. Do this, do that. Keep Shabbos like this. The Rambam writes a safer of Halacha. What to do. Why? In such a safer that about of Halacha for all the generations is a description of what Meishar Abena's Nebuah looked like. What does it have to do with Halacha? And and also the safer of, of the Rambam also speaks about after Mashiach comes, when Mashiach, when Meisherbein will be back with us, we will see for ourselves. So that means Mashiach will come, Meisherbein will be back with us, and why do we need to be reading? When did the Rambam live from? I think twelve forty to eleven. I mean eleven forty to twelve fifteen, something like that in the English year, English calendar. So. That's, you know, five, six, seven hundred years ago. I can't do the math now. At that point, why did he need to give us a safer about, of halacha and talk all about Maishar Benu and his mezua? Why did we need to read it then? You know, don't take up extra space in the book. Why do we need to know what? The Rambam's telling us what's going to be in Mashiach times. We'll see what's going to be in Mashiach times. Maishar Benu will come back himself. He'll tell us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know that feeling will have though. You know that feeling? Your, your head is on overload. And, um, they're telling you, when you get, you know, I'm trying to get everything packed and get in the car and it's taking me a week. So you get in the car and you start to drive and then you have to figure out what you do at the border. You just know, take your passport. And they say, well, when you, and when you get across the border, make sure you turn right here and left there and right there and you go over the bridge and you, give me a favor. Let me just get this part done right now. Once I, and let me get over the border. And once I get over the border, then you'll tell me how to, which bridge to take. Turn right, turn left, go under the, go around the, the bend and all this stuff. Right now, let me just deal with this. I have enough on my plate for now. When I get over the border, we'll talk then about the border stuff. One thing at a time. So we can say that to the Rambam. One thing at a time. We're living in Gullah. Tell us the halachas. What to do in Gullah. Now, you're going to start to tell us about the Nebuah of Meishar Benu. He'll come back in Geula. He'll tell us himself. Why do we have to, who has room in their head for this stuff? Okay, Rambam, why are you writing this in your for now? Well, there's an answer. Because in all the generations, even bef- also before Tchiesa Mesim of Meishar Benu, the halacha is important to know that Hashem gives Nebuah to us. He gives us the revelation of himself on our level. He reveals himself to us on our level that we grasp it. That's Nebuah. And he even gives us the fullness of it as it was by Meishar Bain. Full Nebuah. And not only that, in every generation, it's Shaykh, we need to know, Navi Akim Lehem Kamaycha. And in every generation, I am giving you a Navi I will give them a Navi like you, Maishar Benu. In every generation, Hashem says, Maishar Benu, I'm going to give them a Navi just like you. In every generation. 
as the Raman said, that means every Navi that we'll, we will have after Maishu Rabbeinu, we don't believe in him because he does big miracles. No, 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 no. But because it's a mitzvah that Maishu Rabbeinu put into the Torah, saying, if you see these and these and these conditions, and this is a continuation of my Nebu, and you see those Nebuian, listen to them and believe them. Believe in them. That means that every Navi is a continuation of the Nebuah of Maishu Rabbeinu and Maishu Sayyid. But, in the revelation of the Nebuah, there are different levels. Different generations will experience their Navi of their generation in a different way. In our generation, you know, it's clearly coming through social media. Four generations ago, it certainly was not coming through social media. Remember once upon a time, people <laughs> met in in live gatherings. They would talk to each other face-to-face, big gatherings. Remember that? Right? Or they would they would travel from town to town and it would take them days and weeks. Remember those days or we'd read about them? They didn't have communication through devices like we do now. The Navi in that generation spoke to them in that way. And the Navi in our generation speaks to us in this way, etc. Every generation has its way. So in the style of the revealing the Nebuah, there are different levels, as the Raman explained. In our generation, it's And one other point here that we'll bring out, especially when it says, Nebuah is going to come back. Which is a Hakdamas Mashiach, which is a preparation for Mashiach. The Nevuah that will be by Mashiach Kenu, remember we, it says, Navi Gadulhu Karav Lamaishrakenu. It says in, in the Sikh of Shavuos, Navi Gadul, well actually, it says in the Rambam, until his children, Navi Gadulhu Karav Lamaishrakenu. Mashiach will be a great Navi close to the level of Maishrakenu. Interesting. Maishrakenu is the template, so to speak, of true Nevuah in the world and every Navi derives from him and is a continuation of his Nevuah continues throughout the generations he is the precursor the template the the, the Navi and everyone is comes from him including Mashiach and as it says Gail Rishan Gail Rishan Gail Achim Maishar Bain is the first redeemer he's also the last he and Mashiach become one entity and in every generation, there is somebody that is fit to be this Navi, the Navi, in that generation. So we have to know, as a halacha, now, even now, even before the Ve'ula, that there is the, the existence of the revelation of Nevuah by Mashiach, even before the Ge'ula. Why? As a taste and a beginning of the Geula. We don't just go from dark to light. It's a gradual process. As a taste of the Geula, when you have full Nevuah from of Mashiach, and he's communicating directly with Hashem and then sending that communication to us, he becomes the link, the Mamutta, he becomes the link that brings down to us higher and higher and higher revelations from Hashem. You know, the mailman, Lahabdo, please excuse me for saying that, you know, takes, you know, the shadchan, 
Only he himself, Mashiach himself, is a kind of Navi who is totally transparent. That's what we've been saying about the Yayat. The advisor, the Navi is like the Yayat. The Yayat is someone who's totally transparent. You don't know if you have a proper Yayat, a proper advisor. You don't know how you became a different person. Because your advisor was so skillful, he, she was totally invisible, and you felt that you just found yourself moving from level to level. You're not really aware even of how it happened because that's the skill of the advisor. And that's the skill of the Navi. The Navi, by definition, will be invisible, so to speak. You don't feel like, oh, I told you to do this. You feel like you see yourself changing and you see the world changing and you don't know who's behind it because he acts in that transparent way. And Mashiach will always act in that transparent way. Melech HaMashiach is a king and a teacher. As a king, a king is always transparent. Malchus is he's visible. He's the king. You have to listen to him. You know who the king is. But, but the king is so skillful that you don't really understand who enabled you to transform and who enabled the world to go through these transformations. There's a hand behind all of politics and social systems and everything that's changing. The Navi is behind the whole thing. Bringing, doing Hashem's will and pulling strings here and there. And advising people in many, many different ways. You know, when you, I mean, quite honestly, when you read all of those stories, people are starting to write books about having political encounters with, 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 with the Lubavitcher Rebbe that were astounding. And one of the books is called something like Being in the Moment or something, I forget, that there were moments, crucial hundreds of thousands of such crucial moments in history in which the Rebbe would have a private conversation with a political figure or with somebody on some level that was a key, pivotal conversation that changed the course of history, but it was so subtle and nobody knew about it. But somehow in in these situations where there was going to be a shift in the world, he was always there, involved behind the scenes, and no one ever knew about these things. Including the story, I think, that, what was it? There was a um, top official, they changed, was it the Mossad or something? One of the intelligence agencies in Israel. Everything is top, 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 top secret. And even the people there, nobody knows who, nobody knows anything. And someone a new head was appointed. And it was such top security. Nobody knew, not even in that intelligence agency itself. Everything is so hush-hush in top security. And this new head, if I got away, had to come to New York, had to come to the United States and came first to New York. He had things that he had to accomplish. Very top secret. And again, nobody knew he was coming. No, he, of course, 
he didn't just go on the plane regular. He was brought to a separate room where he waited for the plane and, you know, he traveled incognito, whatever it was, and he sat on a separate part of the plane, however it was. Nobody even knew he was there. It was all done in the most top, top secret way within Israeli intelligence. Gets off the plane in New York, and a group of young men come up to him as he's walking and saying, um, we were sent to you by the Lubavitcher Rebbe to wish you Mazel Tov on your new appointment. And he said, I was in shock. At first, he said, my first thought was somebody within the agency leaked the information. And then he said, I checked everything and I checked how it could have happened. He realized no one leaked any information. No one knew there was no one to leak information. He checked it very carefully. There was no leaking of information. How did the Lubavitcher ever know that I was just appointed to this position? How is this possible? And, of course, he wanted to see me. They came to a company, and they said, the Rebbe would like to speak with you. And I, I think they brought him to meet with the Rebbe, and it was a meeting, very pivotal meeting, to all of history, to political situations, huge, huge, Middle Eastern politics, huge. And this happened hundreds, hundreds, thousands of times with different pivotal figures all the time. And continues until today. And it will happen through very, you know, people that you wouldn't, not necessarily just the top people. I remember one time that there was a very important court case going on in Lubavitch about, I don't remember what. And we went on this thing. You know, we were on the street, you know, hi, are you Jewish? We met met this woman said, hi, are you Jewish? You know, do they trust Yes, I am. And her husband was with her, and he said, oh, oh, yes, yes, we're Jewish. Yes, thank you. He said, I've been to 770 before. He said, I'm the judge in the court case, but yeah, I was thinking, why were we sent to meet the judge on the street? We said, by the way, you should just know this, this, and this. I don't remember what it was or what we said. I mean, who are we? Who are we? <laughs> Why did Hashem make sure that we meet the judge on the street? You know, and again, did we have an effect? Did we not have an effect? Somebody needed to say this particular thing to this judge. I don't know why we... We could have gotten in the car five minutes later, not found the parking spot, and not met him. We clearly needed to meet him. Oh, we saw a woman with her husband. We asked her if she's Jewish, we, and boom. An encounter. You think we thought it up? The Rebbe thought it up. The Rebbe created this encounter, whatever effectiveness it had. And all the encounters that we have, you walk into a store, you walk down the street, you this, you that. You don't know what part you occupy in in global history at this point, whom you meet and whom they know and whom they will speak to. And your one word. You're one little Sheva Mitzvah card. You're a little, you don't know. This is all part of the prophecy of the, this is the Nevuah. The Navi doesn't just tell you what's going to be. He's masterminding. Mashiach is masterminding 
giving, being given step-by-step instructions from Hashem. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he's giving us these instructions. And it's for us to do our part. And it's for our yayat, our advisor, to say to us, trust what the Rebbe is telling you to do. It will have global and historical implications. Don't ignore it. You've been given a unique moment in history. Take it seriously. So, um, that means, so just to go back to this and finish off this, this, this whole issue. Therefore, we have to have Nebuah now as a taste of, it's like Yotayef Kavachila, just like we have to have advisors. But the Navi of the generation, the continuation of Meishur being, is the ultimate advisor. He is the Yayat of the generation. He works like the advisor. He is the ultimate advisor who works in such a seamless way that you don't realize that he's there behind the scenes, following every instruction that Hashem gives him to the teeth and doing it in such a seamless, invisible way. Sometimes you'll go to the Rebbe and get very simple advice. Buy a house in Monticello on, you know, Park Avenue, Park Street, you know, or whatever, on Spring Street, number four. Okay, what does that have to do with world politics, world history? Never know. You'll see one day. Make sure that you keep the trees in the backyard. Okay. Make sure you put a rocking chair on your front porch. Okay. And one day you'll be sitting on your rocking chair on your front porch, and someone will walk by or drive by and, and, and. Pivotal. You. In your rocking chair. Right? The the sanitary uh, whatever department with their trucks will come to pick up and you'll give a Shem a mistress card while you're sitting in your, on your porch on Spring Street in Monticello, New York. And they'll say, oh, thank you. And it will change their lives forever. And they will end, and, 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 and. And all of this is masterminded by the Navi of the generation. And all done in a very invisible, seamless way. So the beginning of all of this, of the fullness of Nevuah in Yemaisa Mashiach, is done in a way of Yadzaich Kvatchila, with the advisors, the way they were once upon a time. And that's why the Rambam writes in his Sefer Halachas, and especially the Rambam writes the Sefer, he writes also the Halachas about Yemaisa Mashiach. Why does he write about it? Because all of world history is dependent on this. 